What's up, you guys? Happy Sunday, and welcome back to the best podcast in the world, Brunch with Des B. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B, and today the B is for boys that like boys because (laughs) I'm talking to a great friend today, Tran. He is an openly gay, amazing Asian, Vietnamese, American male who is just dominating his life, dominating the lives of others, um, being such a light, being such an amazing person, and I'm so excited to have him on. This has been a long time coming And it's actually really funny because just two weeks ago, I had Becca on, who was an openly gay woman, and now I have Tran, who's an openly gay man, Um, and I'm just, I'm so excited to share these people's stories, and it's kind of weird how they both just coincided on opposite weeks, but here we are in, again, bringing awareness to just not only Tran's ability to be openly gay, but also living in a world right now where Asian Americans are frowned upon and and looked at differently and looked at as a problem and everything that goes above and beyond that. And so I'm really, really excited to get into this episode today. He is literally so funny. You guys are going to love him. The way that he talks, the way that he articulates, like if he were around me, we would be besties hanging out all the time. There's no doubt. Um, Other than that, there's nothing else super new going on. Obviously, last week's episode, if you guys haven't listened to it already, highly recommend. It was just like a really, really emotional, advice-giving episode that I think you guys would really, really enjoy. Um, But also, in the show notes as usual, Patreon. If you guys have not joined my Patreon yet, please Get your asses over there and sign up for just $7 a month, $13 a month, or $23 a month. You can get anywhere from one to four live workouts with me, a whole group chat of amazing women. We are crazy over there, um, as well as a separate place that I bring my community. Um, It's just, it's a fun time. You get the workouts played back. We have exclusive merch. You guys get launches first. If there's a new app plan, if there's a new challenge, if there's a release of something, you guys get it first um, and get first dibs. So it's just a really fun area to hang out with me and hang out with our community that we've built together more intimately and ultimately get off of Instagram. You know, let's be honest, that app can be so damn toxic sometimes. You don't want to sit there and scroll all the time. Hang out on Discord with me and all the hotties and have fun. Um, So make sure you check that out in the show notes. Desbyfit, DBFT, Desby merch, also available on my Shopify channel. We're actually having a website update here soon. So you guys are going to see a new website, um, which will be really fun. It'll be just everything in one place. So that'll be super nice. Um, But besides that, I have been hanging out with my family for the week here in Michigan. So I'm not at my normal recording station. Um, But I I was so excited still to be able to record this podcast and bring it to you guys on Sunday. Hopefully by this time, I'm home (laughs) and I'm relaxing. Um, But it was just a really fun week to be at home with my family. It was just, it was much needed after a crazy few weeks of like my birthday, the Hydrojug launch sellout, the second Hydrojug launch sellout, friends coming in, Maddox is meeting family now, Um, he's also doing so much cool shit, and it's just, it's been crazy, it's been a crazy, crazy part of life right now, Um, but I'm super excited to get into this episode with Tran, make sure that you guys give him a follow, 
Go subscribe to his podcast. Go subscribe to his YouTube channel. Everything that he has, go support him. He is just so deserving of positive vibes and positive energy. But without further ado, let's dive in, meet Tran, and enjoy the episode. Hi, love. Oh my gosh. Hi, my love. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? Good. As you can tell, I'm just so excited. Oh my gosh. I, this is crazy. It's been, I'm so excited. It's long overdue. I cannot believe this is like our first like conversation station together, but nonetheless, I'm so excited. I know. I'm pumped too. And it's crazy because yeah, I think I think back of like the years <laughs> of us being in communication. Yeah. And we've done we did like a few audio messages back and forth, like yes. on Instagram, but we've never actually sat and been like, hi, like who are you? Yeah. How how are you? Etc. So I'm I'm pumped, but welcome to the show. I'm I'm so excited to have you. Um, for anyone that's new here, I am so excited to have him on the podcast. He's gonna get into so much yes. of just his life that even I don't know of. So like you yeah. you guys as the audience and myself, we're going through this journey together. Who knows where it's gonna go? Mm-hmm. I'm so excited though because you have you have this weird complex of things about you that are just amazingly put together to talk about. And so there's just so many great things to not just learn about with you specifically, but just to learn about so many different communities that you represent. And so I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. So thank you again for taking the time to, to catch up with me and I'm I'm just so excited to talk to you. (laughs) You too. Oh my gosh. My heart's racing. Like one, I'm so excited to like, it's crazy because it has been truly long overdue, but honestly also such an honor to be here and really like be a part of this journey with you. Like it's been truly such a treat. So thank you for having me. No, of course. Well, I, I want to get right into it. I don't, I don't like to like beat around the bush and like do icebreakers. I just (laughs) want to hear about you. So if I'm, well, I'm kind of meeting you for the first time in a different way, but Mm -hmm. meeting you for the first time, we're in an elevator, introduce yourself. Yeah. So my name is Tran. I'm 23. I'm Asian American, Vietnamese American, and I'm part of the LGBT, you know, very much gay community. Like that's all me. (laughs) (laughs) So I graduated back in May and I started my career at Oracle, but I quickly realized, you know, I don't think this is for me. I don't think I like the, you know, the value and the mission statement here, you know, for me at least and to each their own, because there are many people that arguably would say like, you know, I do like it, but for me, I was like, this just isn't fulfilling. And so I made the transition. Luckily enough, I bumped into a new opportunity at Adobe where I work in conjunction with sales and marketing, which is a lot more up my niche because I work in a lot of, you know, different software that supports a lot of things that I like to do, such as social media. So I think that kind of segues best into kind of how Des and I met. Mm-hmm. So essentially we met through, you know, Instagram, but at the time I think um, I started to kind of take creating content seriously, but I think more recently, I kind of took it, you know, more seriously in the sense of like really stepping into the people I want to represent where Mm -hmm. I feel that now my niche and calling has been, you know, representing like gay people, um, people of Asian descent and like all of us, especially with all the hate crimes happening. I feel like it's my duty. It's my calling to really step up to the plate and raise awareness. And so I think, what really helped solidify my calling was when I raised um, 
funds and money for both the movement for BLM and then the AAPI movement where when I started BLM, I was like, okay, like, I don't think anybody's going to donate. Like people don't really know me like that, but I'm just going to send it. And so I raised about 4,000 for that, which amazing was crazy because I was only like in two days, you know? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, crazy to see how much is unfolding with AAPI. So I was like, you know, it's my duty. Like I need to go hard as well. So in the beginning I was like, no, like Tran, somebody else is doing it. It's fine. Like you don't need to do it. Like somebody else is doing it. Like why bother? But I quickly realized, you know, like, no, I'm not going to dim my shine. I was like, no, like I do it differently than somebody else. Right. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to send it. Let's go. So I raised $8,000 for API in, in a day and a half because I was flying. I didn't want the funds to be like messed up with because it was all through Venmo. So I was kind of sketched. So I was like, okay, let's right. we're, en- we're ending it after a day and a half. But even through that, I was able to raise 8000 and I donated it through Adobe, which Adobe matched the fund. So I basically donated $16,000. So, oh my gosh, that's yeah. so amazing. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. And it's like people out here, like who might know me, it's like, oh, hey, well, Tran has like maybe a little over 4,000, less than 5,000 followers or supporters. Like, I don't really want to say followers. It's yeah, just I like, hate that word too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I have 5,000 friends on Insta, right? But it's like, people can easily disqualify themselves and settle in imposter syndrome and feel like, oh, well, I'm not qualified. But the thing is, you there's never the right time it's just like if you have an itch a calling then you got to lean into it you know and so absolutely okay that was very high level and I then I definitely went onto my soapbox there but yeah so that's (laughs) kind of a little bit about me social media and my career so far I love that so let's kind of pick a few things in there apart number one I kind of I like to start back from the beginning learn a lot about a person and how they develop through their childhood upbringing, um, adversities they maybe would have to overcome and more. And so obviously growing up at some point in your life, you not only um, grew up Asian American, Vietnamese American, but you also grew up becoming a gay male. Can you walk me through like, what was that like for you in your childhood and to where even what is it like now? Because you have these two communities that you proudly represent that have been under such an attack over years? Yeah, I love that question. I think um, that's exactly where I would want to start too. It's just like really embedded in my deep why and my who I am. And, you know, growing up, it wasn't easy. My parents being Asian, you know, like they come here with a lot of sacrifices they've made for themselves and they left during the Vietnam War. So they're like, okay, okay, we came here with nothing and we're gonna give you this amazing life. Like you need to be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a dentist. And that's all you're gonna do. Like you need to make money, you need to be successful and carry this legacy forward. So that was another pressure in itself, right? And so mm-hmm. I never was like, when there were, sto- there were moments where I was like, okay, like I wanna wear skinny jeans to school, but my mom would be like, no, that's for girls. And girl, I still wore it, I wore it underneath. <laughs> I was like, I'd be damned catching me in those <laughs> nasty baggy jeans. Like, no. <laughs> so I wore the skinny jeans under the baggy jeans. I was like, bye, mom. Have a great day. Kiss and ride and all. So I was like, bye, mom. I go into the bathroom. I take off the freaking baggy jeans. And I felt like a Britney Spears, like Miley Cyrus <laughs> moment. I was like, I'm here, bitch, you know? I love that. So it, it was honestly many moments like that where... You know, looking back, I wish I could hug myself and be like, girl, you got this shit. Like, keep fucking going, you know? Absolutely. Um, Because I was just so innocent and naive. But to think back, like, 
what a warrior I was to like just do that and really, you know, I don't want to say my mom was like my the villain in my life because I love her and she's done a lot for me and my parents only wanted the best for me and to protect me. But I think that's where it all started, right? Like moments like that where, you know, who I was was kind of like censored and then it mm-hmm. kind of like was like you're adding sticks to the fire, right? It kind of like started to bottle up and I was like, okay, I'm going to like freaking explode. Like I can't live my life censored. And so, you know, that was really hard when your parents have all these expectations over you being Asian and you just wanting to make your parents proud and give them the life that they've given you. And so I think with all that being said, it really helped lift that fire under me again um, to really step into who I am and live exuberantly me because now I'm like gay as hell. And like, (laughs) you know, I embrace it and I'm still, I feel that it's aided and allowed me to step into who I am and fulfill that journey and that life, you know, fulfillment that I'm supposed to do and be in life. So, Right. So how did your parents, so you mentioned, obviously, you know, no trans, this is for girls. We we don't do that here, whatever. How how was that? And when was that conversation then when you, you know, maybe sat your parents down, whatever that looked like, and you were really like, but this is me. What, What was that? And when was that in your life that you felt confident to say that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you know, I feel like it was hard to find that one defining moment. I do have a one defining like coming out verbatim to my mom, but I feel like if you meet me, girl, I'm like very, very feminine, very flamboyant. And I think I fit the stereotype of being gay very well. And so um, it kind of sucks, but I never really had like a moment where I can just tell her because I think she kind of already knew, but she mm. decided to be like, no, we're not addressing this because you, you're marrying a wife. Like you're marrying a woman. Like when you have a family, when you have um, this wife, and I'm like, which wife? Like, girl, could it be me? <laughs> oh yeah, you're the wrong bitch. <laughs> I was looking around. I was like, who are you talking to? Um, but keep in mind, like my mom, ha- I'm one of six boys. So I'm like, you can't think, you can't have your, your, the wife in one of them. Like, come on, let me have my moment. But um so I think like there was many moments, like there are many stories where it's like, okay, I had another story where I was putting on makeup to get my like passport photo taken. I was like, I'm not going to be, don't catch me looking ugly in my <laughs> official documents. Like, you know, <laughs> and my mom literally was like, you look like a clown. Like, I mean, obviously we're laughing about it now and it's pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. But like, like in the moment, my mom was like, you look like a clown, like go take that off. And I was like, no. And she was like, whatever. She had to take me there. So when she took me, she was giving me the silent treatment, like, you know, the whole nine yards. And I was like, what the heck? Like, you're my mom. Like, I'm the same person mm-hmm. that I was before I put my makeup on. You know, like, what? Like, it really sucks. So I came home and I was crying because it was a special moment that I was getting my, my passport photo taken for um, my study abroad trip, which was which was a really defining moment of my life. And my mom, like, just couldn't be happy for me. And it really just sucked. And I cried a lot. And... um I think there were many moments like that that bottled up that finally that led me after I got back from my abroad trip that was like, I sat down with my mom, actually, we were driving to the laundromat and I was like, mom, look, like I love you. Thank you for everything that you do. I'm still the same person before I tell you this, but um, my voice was trembling. I was like, I don't know, like. No, I can feel, I can feel the emotion of you just even go like putting yourself back in that moment. Yeah. Cause it's like, I felt so frustrated that I had to do it because I'm like, I'm the same person like that everybody loves me for. What's the issue? You know, like, I don't get it. I just simply can't wrap my mind around like, why am I any different just because I'm gay or who I choose to like marry or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and it it sucks twice as hard when it's like your mom, you know, you want her to get you, you want her to be in your life. 
And that's all you're asking is acceptance, you know? Mm-hmm. And I ripped the bandaid off and I told her, and I think she took it as well as she could. She was very quiet. She didn't say anything. But later on, I think she was like, you know, I'm just worried for you. I'm worried, like, what society's going to think of you, da, da, da. I'm like, well, I get that, but there's no, there. I can't live my life in fear. I can't live my life censoring who I am. I would rather be unapologetically me and face those consequences than, like, than to live my life half who I am and half, you know, I don't know, glass half empty type of thing. So, Right, exactly. Yeah. So I want to pick apart yet another thing. I know <laughs> you also mentioned this too. You're driving to the laundromat. Yeah. And I know you mentioned you came from a big family of all boys, but yeah. also first gen college student, exactly. low financial income family. Mm-hmm. What? So again, that plays into who you are now, which yeah. is this amazing, strong personality, strong-willed, persevering, and business professional. You know, you're Thank killing you. it. Thank but you. what what was that like growing up? Yeah. I would assume, and again, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Also, the only gay son. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. As of right now, it's funny because I'm like, I better be the only gay one here, I swear <laughs> to God. Because, like, I love the attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm not, me wanting this, <laughs> not me wanting the center of attention. <laughs> no, literally. I'm so annoying. It's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm like, oh, I'm so ugly. Okay. <laughs> So you hit the nail on the head, right? Like everything you just said, like I missed some of it because I think I was going off on a rant, but (laughs) (laughs) you were right. Like coming from a lot of being first gen, being like having a lot to prove to my family and give, give them because, you know, they've sacrificed an entire life for us. And then being financially unstable, like we actually, there was another story where a, a cop knocked on our door and was like, what in the world? This they, we got an eviction letter saying like, hey, like, you know, are, are your parents home? And I was like, no. And they taped it to the door. And I was like, what is this? And so I took it off. And I, I was like in seventh grade at the time. And I read it. And it was an eviction letter. And so we sold the house, everything. Or it, t- it got taken back by the bank, everything. So, yes, exactly. So a lot of hardship, a lot to do and a lot to get done that I didn't I didn't want to make gay, being me being gay a priority because my mom mm-hmm. had so much to deal with. I was like, I'm not going to burden her. Um, and so again, fast forward to that laundromat moment, it was really scary because just driving there, like, I didn't want to let her down. I didn't want to see her upset. I didn't want her to think that I was any different than I already, who I I was, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like I've accomplished a lot and I've like done a lot and it's hard to like prove it to your your Asian parents. Cause like all they want is for you to be a doctor, be a lawyer, like just be successful, you know, but how do I show them that I am successful? How do I show them that I am fulfilled and happy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the uncomfortability, I quickly realized this with all the caveats of my life, right? Even when changing the job, I was more uncomfortable with the change and the doing than staying and settling, right? So let's use the example like me in my job. So I was debating about Oracle a lot. I was like, I don't know if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the job change, but I quickly realized I was more uncomfortable with the change and going to Adobe than settling and staying at Oracle. And so like my mom in that situation, I was more, you know, I was willing to go after the uncomfortability of finally just ripping the bandaid off, tell her and face the consequence than living a life that's like so unfulfilled, shadowed, quiet, and like, like, I don't know, half me, you know? Yeah. So that helps. Yeah. No, absolutely. And so through, through coming out, at least, you know, that one defining moment mm-hmm. and then growing up still with your brothers, 
right. and your dad and yeah. all of this, what was life then for you going forward when you really claimed, Hey, like this is me and this is yeah. how it's going to be. Did you ever Period. bring another male home? Like, did they, did they ever meet boyfriends? Like what was, <laughs> what was dating like for you? I'm just oh like God. picturing, I don't know. Yeah, no, bring it. That's bring it. Okay. This is long overdue. We are talking about everything. So it's funny because I love talking about dating. We can tap into that after. I yes. know I'm, I'm ping-ponging <laughs> a lot. Um, but I guess, like, growing up with all, like, so much, you know, tes- testosterone, is it? Like, you know, the, all this, all the men around me. Um, it was hard because um, all my brothers were so gung-ho, sporty, athletic, lacrosse, like, very straight edge, you know? And mm-hmm. I was very much like, ooh, let me frolic in the field. <laughs> Girlfriends, like, let me get the coffee on deck, like... Who's, who's trying to get their makeup done? You know, like, let's go. You know, like that. Um, I'm definitely stereotyping myself, but, you know, I fit that stereotype and I embrace it because that's who I am. And mm-hmm. I'm unapologetic in that sense. But um, it was hard because my mom and dad would always be like, when you guys have a wife, when you guys, um, you, you need to know, how, like, literally like this. My dad's like, you better know how to mow the lawn because your wife. And I'm like, girl, who? <laughs> you mean my roommate? <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> I was like, you got the wrong bitch. Um, and so little moments like that, honestly, like I can laugh at now, but I get I got so irritated and like I would look at okay, so my brothers knew that I were I was gay. Everybody knew. Like in the sense of like all my friends knew, my brothers knew because I needed that support. I needed somebody to at least get me and like tell me who, like I don't know, like so I, someone I can talk to and it wasn't always easy. It wasn't easy because I I just didn't, I didn't want people to look at me differently and like to be like, oh, ew, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, you know, I don't know. It was, it was just definitely tough, but I think um, people took it actually a lot better than I really expected. My brothers are so supportive. Um, and actually the moment where I came home crying from the passport photo, my oldest brother was there to like, like pat me on the back and like hug me and be like, you know, you are going to do great things. You have a place here, da, da, da. And it really helped me be like, okay, my family does support me. It's just my parents. It's going to take some time and it doesn't happen overnight. You know, like, although um, I, I'm not giving my parents the grace that they need. So like they're human, you know, Mm -hmm. and a part of it, you have to put your ego aside and you have to realize they're human. You need to speak to them, you know, like, even though it's about your sexuality and it's something that you are very prideful about and something that you can't change is something that you hold very near and dear to your heart. You have to realize that your parents are thinking one way. So you have to sit them down and speak very succinctly and very effectively to have a productive conversation for them to actually listen. Because when it's something so left field and something that will challenge their way of thinking, you have to realize they're human as well. So you need to speak you have to have that conversation with them and still be, you know, like open-minded enough to help them better understand who you are. So it definitely does suck because it doesn't feel, you shouldn't feel like, I don't know. I want to say like, it's not my obligation to help them understand, but it, it is my obligation to like, at least let them in my life and not perish like a relationship with them because I still love my parents. You know, I still love mm-hmm. them and they are my everything, but, and I would rather, have them still here than not here in my life at all, you know? Right. And so what is, if you don't mind me asking, what is mm-hmm. your relationship with them now? Like how have they grown? Like, have you guys grown through maybe that uncomfortable stage 
to where even even nowadays with the mainstream media and you see more gay people and you know trans people and yeah. bisexuals and pansexuals and all, all these things do you think that they can like do they better understand you now mm -hmm. yeah that's a great question i think they're getting there it's hard okay. when like my parents are so traditionally vietnamese and they don't look in the media they don't look at like all these tiktokers all these social media like all these amazing people that are so successful because they're unapologetically them, they don't really see that. But I think more and more as they've gotten more exposure, like, you know, I guess through me and like, as I push their buttons a little bit more and challenge their like perspective for life, like me doing makeup, me wearing like certain things that they're like, oh, that's too girly. Like things like that. Or like when I get my nails done, get my eyebrows done. Like now my mom's like, oh, like, which nail salon did you go to? Like, now she's so oh. much more accepting. Yeah, like, and it's just, like, baby steps, right? So it's, like, it started from that one laundromat drive to that air, like, that airport, like, me having my makeup done, um, passport for it, I mean, and then to, you know, baby steps of, like, now, like, me just pushing them a little bit more and challenging their, you know, perspective has allowed me to really, one, still keep an amazing relationship with my parents, two, challenge them as, you know, 40, 50 year old, you know, like, you know, sometimes you're scared that, oh, will my parents ever learn? But it's like, they mm -hmm. will, you just have to challenge them, you know? And so um, now, like to answer your question, it's a lot better. Girl, I wear makeup out the house. I look great. I, I mean, okay, not to see my own horn, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. I really don't care. You know what I mean? And my, my, my mom's like, oh, here he goes. Like when I like have my like Chelsea boots on or like my makeup on, my perfume spray, and my mom's like, oh, here he goes. I'm like, yeah, baby period, you know? So I love that. It's been, it's been honestly great. I absolutely love that. And I think that too, it's, I hope that they maybe even changed their verbiage of yeah. when you guys get a wife, you know what I mean? Like just yeah, stop same. putting that on you. Yeah. Um, because I think, and even the more that I learn pronouns and like, you know, asking you for your pronouns, yeah. and like if you were to come to your parents and be like, Hey, like my new pronouns are they, mm -hmm. them, or she, mm -hmm. her, I hope that they're maybe at that point too, or like, they could accept that, right? And like yeah. talk to you in the way that, you know, your lifestyle fits. Yeah, I'd hope so too. I think like it's a lot of baby steps in the right direction, like, like I always like to say, but I think it's definitely um, now, okay, so what's also helped my parents better understand, like better know that, okay, not gay isn't all of tran. Um, and, you know, I think cause they've worried a lot. They were like, I just want you to be successful. I just want you to have a roof over your head is through my career as well you know like being mm -hmm. able to show them like look like this is my track record of my career what i do online how like i'm so passionate about all these things um my mom and dad are able to be like okay like he's fine or people like mm -hmm. people like, quote unquote accept him which is kind of sucky to be like look this is a testimony of like how far i've come because i you know and like you shouldn't worry that i'm gay you know i'm still successful it does kind of like oh you know suck sometimes mm -hmm. but it's like the easiest thing to kind of show my parents who are so freaking traditional that like, mom, like I'm doing fine. Like I have a successful career. Like I'll be fine, you know? Right. Absolutely. So before we get into the fun stuff, like I want to hear about like dating and oh like, my God, yes. I want to talk about that, but <laughs> I do want to chat first about just your Asian American upbringing. Yeah. The kind of the hate crimes that have been occurring, how you've personally felt, how your family's felt. And, yeah. and I also want to kind of like maybe also unravel some stigmas that 
are attached to like, oh, your your agent or oh, you're Vietnamese mm-hmm. American, so you probably do this, and yeah. you sit you sit on the floor and eat dinner, like just these yes. stupid things, right? That yeah. people pinpoint you for for doing and Mm -hmm. so i kind of just want to like open that up to you wherever you feel comfortable starting Mm -hmm. like with that i don't want to say newly founded stereotype but especially with covid and all these things that occurred what that did to your your community yeah such a great question so you know pivoting into this conversation this topic i think it was definitely tough because you know growing up i was always very ashamed and i think a lot of Asian Americans can attest to that, you know, because our parents, that generation, they're much more traditional, have a little bit of broken English. And so us, we are more exposed to the American culture. We went to the American schooling system here. And so we know what it's like to like, oh, go to football games, cheer, you know, like play sports Mm -hmm. and be engaged, go to prom. But our parents never knew that. Our parents never had that culture. But for us, you know, for me, if like speaking on my my own experience, and I think a lot of people have attest to this being Asian, like you try to whitewash wash yourself. You try to be American so that you pass. You don't sound too Asian because we all know the stereotype of like what an Asian accent sounds like or mimicking like an Asian like lady at the nail salon. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we we know those stereotypes. And I was always scared because I'm like, oh, like my parents have broken English and they're very traditional. Like I don't want my friends to think like that I'm any less than because all my friends liked all these things, X, Y, Z. So I need to like that. I need to wear Sperry's as well. I need to wear khakis as well. Like I need to wear comfort colors, do all that, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot of little things that chipped away at like who I was and maybe making coming out also harder. But I think with everything really coming to light, especially with COVID, you know, I think it really just turned up the volume and a lot of like systematic racism um, it just really hurt, you know, seeing our ans- our, our elders to get um, attacked personally, it really hurt a lot and hit home because in the Asian culture, we respect our elders a lot, a lot, a lot. Like we pray to them. We have, we have um, holidays that we, you know, set up a whole feast for them and we pray like on the altar for them and celebrate our ancestors and our elders. And so to see, especially like the victims were a lot of elderly Asian people, it was just very targeted and it hurt, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, fast forwarding to now, like I was telling my mom, like, mama, do you see all these things happening? And she was terrified. Like she was terrified. She was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I work late. Like people, what if people come up to me? And I worried, I worried about her Mm -hmm. and I worried about my dad, you know, looking Asian on the street, just walking, minding his own business, somebody busting his head, you know, like. So I, I, this is so crazy. I bought pepper spray and like a taser for the first time in my life because I was just terrified for my life and my parents. So it's just little things that I have to like be careful of. Like if I'm walking the street, I kind of like look behind me because I'm like, will somebody target me for being gay? Will somebody target me for being Asian? Like it's just such little things that I have to be hyper-focused on, which really sucks. But um, luckily I've turned that energy into really like taking action. And so that's what led to the AAPI fundraiser that I was able to lead. So that, I guess that's kind of like, I'm trying to find the silver lining in all this, but it's definitely tough. But I think something that is worth the conversation and seeing the day of light. Yeah. Well, I think too, like you even mentioned the mimicking of um, the ladies at the nail salon, you know, and, and, and again, it's those things that you think about myself plenty of people he even doing skits 
Yeah. Um, doing that when you're in middle school, you know, you're going to the nail salon for the first time and that's your experience. Yeah. And, you know, and they did a damn good job. But right. regardless, <laughs> regardless, it does nail salon stuff like that. They have those stereotypes yeah. to where when you see someone of just, you know, maybe white, African-American, um, anyone else owning a nail salon, you almost are surprised. Right. But that's the stuff where we shouldn't be right because right. nail salons don't belong to just one race, one exactly. color, one, whatever. So again, thinking about how things change as we become more educated and as we have these conversations, you would never see anyone make those same mimicking jokes again. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Or at least, yeah. or at least they shouldn't. And they would know that that is very insensitive. Right. Um, where a few years ago it, it would maybe be funny, you know, but now yeah. it's like that time has changed and it's even those small, small things like that, yeah. that are, um, could be very hurtful. And yeah. so I think of TikTok. I I'm on like Chinese street uh, style TikTok because oh, I just yes. think that shit is fresh. Oh my yes. god, they, they look they look so fine over there. Oh, I'm like, right. well, I gotta take a take a gander. Um, but I noticed that even like their clothing style um, overseas is just so unique and yeah. so beautiful and so amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I think of you mentioning how you know you would whitewash yourself in in multiple races, right? Might try mm -hmm. to whitewash themselves, and it makes me just sad because. I can understand the position that you would be put in or anyone yeah. of that descent would be put in, but to, to dull the beauty that, you know, you can carry in your ancestry is just yeah. mind boggling, right? It's like, why would you do that? But then you hear these stories and you're like, oh, that's why yeah. I don't want, sorry. I don't want to get killed tonight. Do you know what I yeah, mean? And that is, that is just heartbreaking to me. Mm -hmm. It's definitely tough because, you know, like then, being Asian or being somebody of the POC community, you feel kind of like obligated to carry the conversation, to show up, to like, to inform people, to educate people. But it's definitely tough because it weighs a lot on you. And like, even now, sometimes I feel like, am I saying the right thing? Am I encompassing everything that's like happening? Because I feel like in a way, like I'm not an, I don't know if I'm an expert in the matter. I feel like I'm yeah. an expert because I've experienced it and I'm a people of, I'm a POC, I'm Asian. Like I can't change the color of my skin. I can't change like my eyes or I can't change the color of my hair, you know? So it's definitely tough, you know, to kind of embody those conversations, but I've quickly realized we all, as long as we all chip away, take action and do our own personal best and our, you know, we show up every day unapologetic, unapologetically ourselves, but also the eagerness to learn and, you know, step into different perspectives and put ourselves into other people's shoes. You're, you know, able to actually at least understand and walk away feeling more, you know, have a holistic view of life. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. listen and like hear and take action, you know? Right. Well, and, and, you know, even throughout Black Lives Matter movement, um, AAPI movement or, you know, whatever you want to call that. And, mm -hmm. um, even to this day, you know, police brutality, uh, yeah. other, other just events, right. Let's just call it news. Yeah. I, I know you mm -hmm. and I know myself, we've defined ourselves as people that we're going to say something. Mm -hmm. And we might not be experts. We might say the wrong things. Shit, I know I've said the wrong things yeah. unintentionally. I yeah. don't think there's ever any malicious intent behind trying to make a statement. Right. But I would rather say a little bit of the wrong thing and be corrected yeah. than say nothing at all. And yes. I think that speaks volumes for 
for you, for me, for, for anyone out there who on social media, especially puts himself out there to take a stand for something, Mm -hmm. especially when it maybe doesn't pertain to what you look like. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's someone else, but you, you know, you're like, Hey, I still want to stand up for them. And I think that it's still, like you said, it's educating, it's growing, it's having hard conversation. And at the end of the day, it's learning. And I'd rather, I'd rather learn Mm -hmm. than stay silent. And, and then also not be known as someone that's going to stand up for my friends. Yeah, completely. I could not agree more. You know, like I felt the same way when I was like, oh, like how do I phrase this when um, everything was unfolding over the summer for our black community, right? I just didn't know like, okay, how do I say it? Is it my place? Like, do I really completely mm-hmm. get it? But the thing is like, like you said, like there's always room of improvement. We're always constantly learning. And that's the beauty of life. Like you're not going to have all the answers how to say it, how to do it. But the thing is like, you're going to be guided as you welcome yourself in the community and, and as you welcome yourself to learn and like embrace it all. You know what I mean? We're all not perfect and we're all just trying to figure it out. And um, we're not going to have the perfect words, the right words to say, because it's such a huge topic. But like, as you at the very least embody that imperfection and embody and embrace it all, I think that's what opens up a lot of like productive conversation and productive change. Absolutely. And to, you know, you guys listening in and hearing this conversation, Tran has a lot of amazing posts on his Instagram. Um, If you scroll back even a little bit from like what he posted, um, you know, during the AAPI um, that, you know, his fundraiser for that and just kind of educating on what this means, what this means, what this might mean, whatever. Um, So he has a ton of really great resources as well. And again, you know, I'm not well-versed in being (laughs) in the Asian community, but that's the beauty by passing the mic to people that are, you know, even just Mm -hmm. hearing a snippet of the story, it's like, Hey, it might trigger a listener to go do some more research and Mm -hmm. be interested. Um, So again, thank you for opening up about that. And I know that there's so much more that you can dive into about that. And, but there's so many resources too, which I'll also put in the description notes, but I want to kind of 180 into like fitness and being like the most amazing gay male ever. (laughs) Um, so first fitness and fitness industry, Mm -hmm. I, I want your take on it Mm -hmm. first. Like, how do you feel that the now industry is? Cause again, you've we followed each other for a yes. while. Yes. A while. And yeah. things have changed. Um, trends have changed. Yeah. Companies have changed. What's your outlooks? Again, you have like around 5,000 followers. So you kind of sometimes, you just sit and watch sometimes. Yeah. So what does that look like also as someone who creates content, yeah. but, all, but also just kind of watches people? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Can I just preface by saying Des and I met um on Insta and it's crazy because I remember like your competing days and that's kind of the like the catalyst of it all when you competed. I still remember your vlogs when you like were like prep and everything. And so it's been awesome and beautiful to watch you grow, Des, and truly have been my mentor from the start and like somebody I've watched on the sidelines, but also have always like really admire. And so you know, it's kind of crazy because I believe, like, you know, I say that because you and a few other girls, like, are women truly served as that catalyst for me to, like, step into the industry. And so I, like, never took it that seriously. I, I just, like, did it for fun. And, like, I never really thought, it, like, oh, I want to grow anything or I really want to be anybody. But um, it just has been fun for me. And I think there that one voice memo you sent to me where you were, like, trying, like, you need to like find your niche. You need to like know what you're creating, who you're targeting and like what to do. That helped me really like step into my power a lot more. But looking overall fitness industry overall, I 
feel like there's so much more area of improvement. I feel like there, there are many brands that didn't speak up about AAPI and there were, I don't know, brands that just don't represent a lot of different people of color. And also there's no, you know, what I try to represent is like a gay feminine guy in fitness. And I feel like there's not that much representation. Like you see these models, they're very, they're like six, three, they're jacked, they're jo- like these like very macho guys. But I feel like your average person just trying to have a healthy lifestyle isn't like that walking down the street. Like, and that doesn't like, I don't know, like that, I feel like it censors a lot of different potential and people um, that want to step into fitness and health. And so I don't know, I think that kind of has become my niche where I'm representing gay, you know, LGBT, Asian, minority people within fitness and having a holistic view of health. And that's kind of where I found myself and where I've niched myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think definitely areas of opportunity in representing more diversity is an area of opportunity that I see in fitness. But um, yeah, I think it can also sometimes be clicky in a sense too, which kind of sucks um, because it, it seems like, oh, like all these fitness athletes or influencers are very, you know, in their little group or, you know, and so sometimes it feels like out of reach mm-hmm. or unattainable, but that's been my get-go. But I still love it. I still love fitness. I've met so many amazing people, including yourself. And I feel like, yeah, I think like there's so much more work to be done, but that's always exciting. Right. Right. Yeah. When you have something to work towards. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's always, and I think that it's funny that you mentioned like the macho man and all this. It's like, they make they'll make men's clothing, but like, you never see like kind of a scrawny dude being a model, yeah, right? Like yeah. maybe they just want to like look feminine, like a yeah. feminine male. And maybe they don't want to fill out a fucking stringer tee. You know yes. what I mean? Like maybe they oh want to, maybe they want fucking crop tops, Literally. right? Like, come uh-huh. on. Um, but then for you to have to purchase from a female section only, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. that can be annoying. It's like, you don't care feminine side, but how cool would that be to just buy a crop top in a men's section? Because at the end of the day, identifying as a him, he, Mm -hmm. you know, that's empowering. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like I'm a man too. I'm still a man. I just, to be honest, I think other men are still sexy. That works. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that it's, there's always something to improve. And I think hearing that too, you know, who knows who will hear this message. Yeah shit, I own a small, you know, brand, I should start doing this. And that can be, again, a gateway. But Mm -hmm. um, don't worry, when I, when I drop this skincare line, baby, you're on my PR list, we're gonna get, we're gonna get you swept. Well, we need, we need your pretty face with those, with that line. Okay. Um, But now pivoting, I want to hear about dating. I want to hear, I want to hear about the world of male dating, because I bet you, sometimes I wish I could have dated a gay man. Like I wish that in a weird, I'm like, maybe I should have just been a lesbian. Like maybe I should (laughs) have just been bi and experimented with like woman to woman, because I feel like that feminine side of a man being able to encapture that side of them is just Mm -hmm. so beautiful. And I'm like, man, why, why do you, why do you guys have to be gay? I wish that you were, yes. you could just be mine. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about that. Talk to me about your dating life, how that is, okay. um, where you're living now, you know, is it yeah. prominent in the gay community? Like what's that look like for you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'll think dating, uh, dating is so, it's always so exciting, but also so, you know, bumpy and funny and 
kind of crazy and a roller coaster to say the last or the least. But you know, um, it's been tough. It's been a little bit tough. I've been gone going through. You know, like I'm just such a hopeless romantic, and I think I'm at a point where you know I'm 23, and I think I want to just like share my life with somebody, share my career, and like where I'm trying to go, and be pushed by them, and just open myself up to the possibility of like being in an actual relationship and like calling somebody my boyfriend, my person. Um, but it's been tough. Like, you know, in the beginning of my dating experience, I've had to deal with a lot of guys that were in the closet, discreet, as you, as you say, in the gay community, they're DL down low. And they're like, Hey, like, I want to mess around with you, but you can't tell anybody. Can you only add me on Snapchat? Don't save any chats that I send you the whole nine yards. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like in the beginning, mm -hmm. it's like in the beginning, you can say it's exhilarating. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, like this guy that's like straight to everybody else is hitting me up. Like what? You're oh like, Ooh, yeah, like, period. <laughs> okay. I was like, say less. <laughs> uh, but now, you know, step like really being com confident in who I am and really st like building who I am and getting to who I want to be. I feel like I can't settle for that anymore. I can't like do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so it's just been taxing, you know, going through stuff like that or like guys that like kind of be like tell you all the things you want to hear. And maybe this is prevalent in the head this is probably prevalent in the hetero like community as well, where it's like guys over promise, under deliver, and they fuck you over. They tell you all the nice, pretty, frolicky shit. And then here you are, side of the road, packing your bags, pack it up, bitch. Like you're going home. Like literally you're leaving. <laughs> yeah, literally. We need uh, to have like we need to have people like submit dating applications please. for you so I can like check them <laughs> or X them. I will let them go through you first. Literally approve like Google Doc, the whole nine yards. Just yes. shoot them right over to my email, read their bios, yes. see their pics. Yeah. Where do you find yourself like meeting yeah. people? Like, do you go to like the gay bars? Are those still like, uh, kind of popular? Like, no. Yeah. Oh, like honestly, no, I haven't. I've, um, I use Tinder a lot. In the beginning of my like gay experience, I was like on Grinder, but Grinder is dusty. Let me tell you, <laughs> dusty. Like these guys, it's straight to the point. Like I'm telling you, Dad, it's like they'll send you a photo of their literally hoochie, their coochie, <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, like, are you down?" And I'm like, "Can I see your face?" Like, so it, it really is just like the meetup. No, literally, meet, the, yeah. the hump and dump. Oh, <laughs> I'm done. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's grinder yes oh my yes. god we're staying off of that yeah we are we are so that's kind of gross but you gotta experience it for the one time to be like oh okay that's what she is <laughs> she's a monster um I, I promise i promise i'm not on it i haven't been on it i don't plan to go on it ever again but more seriously i've gone on to like tinder and i'll meet guys on there and then we'll go out for coffee and from there we kind of hit it off um if it goes well obviously um, so that's been, you know, an experience on its own, meeting guys on Tinder and dating apps and being online. But I'm going through this weird little blip where it's like, you know, I'm kind of ready to, I just need to focus on me because I have my career, you know, I'm getting my feet under myself at Adobe. I'm trying to start a small business, LLC. So I think, you know, the universe is just telling me, you know, just pump the brakes, do you focus on yourself. You're only 23, zoom out of your life a little bit and like, think holistically right like I'm only 23 it's okay mm -hmm. um but you know I mean obviously you want to share your life with somebody but I'm not going to settle at the first you know person that comes to bat like baby no you know what I mean right right well it's funny because 
I feel like when the universe gives you that sign of just like, do you mm-hmm. and relax, mm-hmm. it's when they're also going to give you that person to do it with. I it's so, so weird. Too. It's the weirdest thing because mm-hmm. the weekend before even I met Wyatt and at this point I was 19. Like I was not mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form, like in a hurry, right. but I was like, I'm done with guys. I'm never, I do not want to date for a few years. I want to focus on me. And mm-hmm. it was like that next weekend, Wyatt entered my life and never left. Yeah. And it was like, it was a weird coincidence, weird thing. And so right. I, I encourage you to like sink into that spot. And yeah. as someone now who's 26 married and has a kid, mm-hmm. I don't regret anything. Like I'm so happy where I'm at, but mm-hmm. I can see where having my young twenties to just soul search myself yeah. could have been also very empowering. Yeah. So I, I definitely think that, you know, just a reminder, it's like grass is greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. Grass is also greener where you water it, but mm-hmm. just like sink into who you are and like standing up for what you believe in and, you know, and capturing your personality, letting it shine Sin is going to be right wow. there before you know it. Yeah. And then you're going to be like, wow, I wish I could be left alone sometimes. Yeah. Then, oh my gosh. And then, <laughs> and then you're gonna be, you. But you're going to be so happy and then your career is going to be thriving and it, everything mm-hmm. is just going to be so much more enjoyable than yeah. having to, to struggle through it all while trying to also like take care and be cared for by someone else. I couldn't agree more. You know, like Sometimes I'll be honest, it's easier said than done when I'm talking to my gay bestie. I'm like, bitch, I need a man. I need somebody to, you know, hit me up, you know, because I have always been on the end of giving, you know, like I overextend myself where I'm like, no, let me pay for dinner. No, let me pick up your favorite coffee. Let me plan this day. And at the end of it, this guy basically was like, no, like you're not my person. And I was like, what was wrong with me? Like, I thought I did everything that I could. Like, I tried so hard to win you when you over. I took it so like I promise, like da da da. And you know, baby, they come back. Trust and believe because <laughs> um, funny story. This guy, you know, the last guy I was talking to very seriously, I thought he was like my person, but there were obviously little red flags where I was like, this guy does nothing for me. Like I'm always driving him, picking him up, taking him grocery shopping. I'm like ew, like ew, you know? Right. Um, obviously, there's an ebb and flow and compromise, but I always brushed the red flags underneath the rug because I was like no it's fine like we'll we'll be fine like I can fix him I can help change him but I was like after you know the relationship had ended I realized that you know like you can't change somebody who doesn't want to be changed and it's not your obligation to fix somebody because if you're trying to fix them do you really want them for who they are you know what Mm -hmm. I mean yeah yeah Um, but to your point I could not agree more like I think I just need to welcome what the universe is trying to tell me and the abundance and other things that it's trying to usher me to and just live unap- unapologetically myself and I'll meet that person organically rather than try to swipe and find it, swipe somebody, swipe through somebody on Tinder, find somebody and force them to be like, give me a shot, give me a chance because mm-hmm. I'm so, um, beggars can't be choosers, right? So right. just don't, I, I have my friends and I, it sounds like a little cult, but like my little college friend group and I, we literally chant, like, I don't chase, I attract, I don't chase, I attract like right <laughs> before we take shots. And I'm like, oh my gosh, let's go, you know? Wait, so, but you're like low key manifesting period. success, period. Yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. I have loved talking with you and I want you to leave 
not just myself, like my audience, mm -hmm. number one, what is something that you want to do by the summer? Mm -hmm. Let's make a goal. So like when we check in this summer, yes. what are you going to be doing? Number one. Yeah. And then number two, any word of advice, something that you want to leave the listeners with where you're like, maybe like you feel a calling right now, like someone needs to hear yes. this word from me, Just bring it. So number okay. one, and number two, bring go. It. <laughs> okay. So number one, by the summer, I will launch my small business. It's finally registered. It's, it was approved by the state. It's going really well. I just need to get the products launched. I'm creating a small business where I'm making like small graphic tees that say little cute things on it, like protect your energy or like shut up. I'm manifesting stuff like that. Cute. Um, yeah. So I'm going to get that up and going soon. Everything's like pretty much coming in and coming to fruition. So my bitch ass better get that shit launched by the summer. Let's I'm, go. So hold me accountable, but. Okay. I got you. Perfect. And then I think the thing I want to leave our, um, your listeners with is, you know, step into your power, step into your energy and own it. Because, you know, if you have a calling, if you have an itch that's at the back of your mind, you have an obligation to show up unapologetically yourself and step into that because the world is abundant if you choose, right? There's a, there's so much money, so much resource, so much love, but you have to raise your hand and closed mouths don't get fed. And Ooh. if the, yeah, period, right? Like, period. Like no one's going to know unless you freaking say something. If you keep your mouth shut, you don't tap on someone's shoulder. Like, babe, I need your support. Babe, I need your energy. Can I borrow it? Can I borrow your belief today? If you don't reach out, nobody's going to freaking know. And you're going to sit there like a Muppet, you know, like in your life and a life that you should be obsessed with and your only shot at life. And so that's quickly something that I've realized. And I talk about a lot on my podcast girls in the gays so i'll be over there as well yes so and, and i love that last message oh god closed mouths don't get but i Period. need that i need that on a fucking burp rag or something for maddox bitch <laughs> oh my god get literally baby gear closed mouths don't get better. i'm screaming so babble uh, bitch literally <laughs> so tell my audience where to find you, your yeah. podcast, your, again, your socials. I know they might be hard to like spell out or people might be like, is that an X? Is that a Y? Yeah, uh, no, whatever. Seriously. But I'll still put them all in the show notes, but still okay. just rattle them off where we can find you, yeah. where we can support you, where we can love you, see your face, put a face to the name, put a face to the face. Yes, period. So um, my podcast is Girls and the Gays. So you can check me out there on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere you listen into your podcast and my Instagram is Tran X Trong, but Trong is T R U O N G. So, period, get your bag, secure the bag, get your coin, get your checks, cash your checks, and period. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bitch. Well, I appreciate you. I'm so glad we I finally got to talk. I love you. I'm so glad. Thank you truly for also like sticking by my side for so many years. And I say Always. this to all my followers, but I know just as much as anyone in the world, like I've changed a lot. There's a mm -hmm. lot that's changed. The way I talk has changed, meaning like I'm a little bit more uncensored now. Yeah, um, yeah. The mm -hmm. way that I promote myself has changed. My life in general has changed. So thank you for mm -hmm. continuing to show up and always just checking in. Like that's your, yeah, I can tell you're such a great friend. You, even to me, a mm -hmm. random internet stranger, you always just send me a little a little DM every once in a while. Mm -hmm. That's just, Hey, I was thinking of you. And it's those small things that ultimately led us to here. And so I'm so glad we got mm -hmm. to have this conversation. Can't wait to support your business. Bitch. 
and um, <laughs> and we will we'll we'll see you on your podcast. Everyone's got to go listen to your podcast. Yes. Um, but we will connect soon. And thank you again so much for chatting. Um, I'll hit you up here soon with uh, yes. everything. But I appreciate you, and I, I hope I truly hope the best for you. Thank you, my love. Thank you so you much for having it. me. Of you course, are a I blessing. Love you. Have have a great day. <laughs> You too. Bye, babe. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you got some laughs. I hope that you just enjoyed listening to our conversation. I'm telling you, Tran is is so outspoken and so... Oh, he's just so himself. Can't you tell? Like, I'm sure just listening to that, you could just tell that he is the type of person that you would want to surround yourself with on like a Friday night, or like if you just got dumped or broken up with, he's the friend you would call. If you just got a promotion, he's the friend that would take you out to the bars. Like he just seems like such a supportive person, supportive friend. I mean, he deserves nothing but support, love, abundance of wealth, everything. We're going to manifest that for him, uh, manifest a big change for him. So anyways, make sure that you guys tune in with him on his podcast. Same thing, follow him on Instagram, follow him on YouTube, anywhere that you can find him, go support him. Um, I'm super excited for next week's episode per usual. I just, I love talking with you guys. I love having fun. Um, and if there's ever anyone or anything that you think would suit my podcast, let me know. Next week, I'm actually going to be coming to you guys with the celebrity experiences or like one time I met blank and we're going to dive back in to celebrity or influencer encounters. I just think that those are hard, like so fun. (laughs) I hope that you guys have an amazing Sunday. Thanks for hanging out with me yet again. I hope that you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next week.